Make sure to watch our Sunday School video for today. We will be working our way through different parables, and today is the parable of the soils. There's a model of heaven down here below. It's a picture of glory sublime. With the glorious body of Christ our dear Lord, live here on creation of thine. Our Savior has given the sweet sacrifice for a bitter and sinful old tree. You hunger between heaven and earth, my dear Lord. Increase my devotion to Just gives us a glimpse of lovely and marvelous scenes. That heavenly city is calling me home, that wonderful place of my God. Our Savior has given the sweet sacrifice, what a bitter and sinful old tree. You hunger between heaven and earth, my dear Lord. Increase my devotion to Thee. Oh, what a reunion we'll have that glad day. The face of our God we'll all see. Those loved ones we'll hold in our arms once again. In that wonderful place of our God. Our Savior has given us sweet sacrifice. What a bitter and sinful old tree. You hunger between heaven and earth, my dear Lord. Increase my devotion to thee. The church is that model of heaven for me. I love to be with them and sing. The word to proclaim it delights my poor heart. How we show how the lost may be free. Our Savior has given the sweet sacrifice. What a bitter and sinful old tree. You hunger between heaven and earth, my dear Lord. Increase my devotion to Last year, for the past several months, what we've been working our way through is the book of Exodus. And now at the beginning of this year, what I want to share with you is how some of those ideas that we studied about and we learned about from Exodus, they show up in other places in the Bible. And today I want us to, to take a look at one of those. Now we're eventually going to be taking a look at Jesus's own baptism. And that's found in Matthew chapter 3. And we're going to be noticing several parallels between Jesus' baptism and kind of how it reenacts uh, really the, the crossing of the Red Sea. So there you go. We, we know right now where we're going to be heading. Okay, but in order to get there, I think we need to learn to appreciate this journey. So we're going to be noticing some of these things along the way. And before we actually get to that text, I want to share with you something that you know, these are not just parallels and just things that I'm just kind of pulling out of thin air or just making up on my own. No, these are parallels that are made in more than one place in the scriptures. And specifically in the New Testament, we come across passages like this from the book of Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 3, it is comparing Jesus to Moses. Now, I think Jesus and Moses are, are wonderful characters and they're both great. 
but Jesus is so much greater than Moses. And that's what the Hebrew writer is saying right here too. Hebrews chapter three and verse three, he says, Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of the house has greater honor than the house itself. And on down in verses five and six, still talking about this parallel, Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. But Christ is faithful as the son over God's house, and we are his house, if indeed we hold firm to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. So this connection is already made in the book of Hebrews, and this comparison between Jesus and Moses, it's made in the book of Hebrews, but it's also made in other passages as well. Now, I said that we're going to be looking especially at the baptism that Jesus himself endures. Now, Moses, in leading the, the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, um, that crossing of the Red Sea, of course we see the con connection between baptism and water and, and then the crossing of the Red Sea and how that's water. We see that connection. But did you know that there's actually more connections than just that? In the, uh, the book of 1 Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, that's why we come across passages like this, verses 1 and 2. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. You notice right here, it's, it's making this connection. It's making a very strong connection. I'm not the first one that tries to make these parallels and tries to see these parallels between Jesus' own baptism and then what Moses did in leading the nation of Israel out of the land of Egypt. But also, if you skip on down now in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, down to verse 11, Paul tells us these things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. Now, this whole big phrase about the culmination of ages, I know that can sound a little uh, overwhelming, but you know, it really just comes down to the fact that we are living in the time whenever Jesus Christ, he came here into history. He stepped down and he became a human being in history throughout time. And, and it's, he did so much stuff there that, that is, is amazing that we see that. So the culmination of the ages, everything that happened before Jesus was leading up to Jesus and pointing toward Jesus. And now we live in a time that everything that is happening, it points back to what Jesus did. That's why it can be described as the culmination of the ages. For, for all time, what Jesus did whenever he set foot on this earth, it was amazing. It is amazing. It's wonderful. We don't need to forget. And we need to be able to read the Bible through this same type of lens because this is what we find out that the early church was doing. They were able to see Jesus in all of these passages. They were able to see that, that he had his hand in all of these things. And we're going to be in Matthew's gospel. And we're going to notice that he makes these parallels between Jesus and Moses. But even more than that, he, he teaches us things that we can learn about this story, really this story that we are still living out today. So now let's jump in to Matthew's gospel and let's notice some of these parallels that are described there. Now, it doesn't take you very long in Matthew's gospel before you start seeing some of these pretty obvious connections between Jesus and Moses and specifically the Exodus. That, that's really kind of a lot of what we're going to see today. And that is that this connection about the Exodus. Keep in mind that the actual Exodus and the events described in the book of Exodus, they were 
an, an exiting. They were leaving this life of slavery and going into a land of freedom. Isn't that exactly what Jesus Christ provides for us? He allows us to exit this life of sinfulness, the life of sin, and to enter into this life of freedom in the Spirit. Isn't it wonderful? Well, whenever we look at what Jesus did, whenever he actually literally set foot on this earth, we come across some of these types of passages right here from Matthew chapter 2. Now, this is where Jesus, his own birth, is being described. And we see among all of this, part of what happened is Joseph, the father of Jesus, he had to take his whole family. So he took Mary and he took Jesus, and they actually left into the land of Egypt. Isn't that kind of interesting? It's not by accident. Matthew chapter 2, verses 14 to 15, we read this. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. Now this is amazing to me because, you know, on the one hand, it almost kind of seems like Matthew is completely taking this prophecy out of context. Because this prophecy is in no way talking about, um, you know, Jesus and, and his own birth. This prophecy was, was all talking about, it comes from the book of Hosea, by the way, if you want to want to look that up, Hosea chapter 11. This prophecy is talking about Israel, that out of Egypt I called my son. And we also can find uh, evidence of this even in the book of Exodus, because in Exodus chapter 4, verses 22 and 23, both of those verses, among other passages as well, they refer, uh, they, they mention that, that God is referring to Israel as his son. So this whole statement, out of Egypt, I called my son. Yeah, specifically, that was describing Israel. That was talking about Israel. But you know what? On the, on the other hand, you know, I, I said on the one hand, it kind of seems like Matthew's taking that, that prophecy out of context. On the other hand, he isn't. He's not taking it out of context at all. Because what we saw that was happening during the, in, during the time of the book of Exodus, out of Egypt, I called my son. That's what we saw God doing with the whole nation of Israel. And now we see him doing a similar thing during the time of Jesus. That's why it can be stated, out of Egypt, I called my son. We know that Jesus is the son of God, but we also know from the Old Testament that Jesus is not the, the only son of God. He is the special son of God. He is the only begotten son of God is what we might know that phrase from John uh, 3.16. But in this passage right here, Yes, it's being stated about Israel, that out of Egypt, the Lord called his son Israel, the nation of Israel. But now we also see in Matthew's day that Jesus Christ being called out of the land of Egypt, he was the son of God being called out of the land of Egypt. So we already start to see these connections and Matthew is wanting us to understand these statements. Also, if you kind of just uh, continue on a little bit more, um, I don't know that this is going to come across as much in English, but I'll tell you that uh, uh, that I've looked this up uh, within the Greek, and you're welcome to kind of, uh, you know, if you need some help um, sort of sifting through some of that to be able to see this connection, uh, I, I can help you with that. Um, but in, in Matthew's gospel, uh, if you skip on down just a few verses uh, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 20, you see that the way Matthew describes uh, this statement and, and how he talks about these events. He's, he's still kind of talking about some of the same type of events right here going on. But you see that Matthew, the words that he uses, it comes uh, specifically, re really the, the same words that are found in the book of Exodus. 
And those comparisons, by the way, it's Matthew chapter 2, uh, verse 20, and it's going to be the same words that are used in Exodus chapter 4, verse 19. I know I kind of had to use my notes for some of that, and, and uh, it, it's a little difficult to keep all those things straight. But just know that within the Greek that Matthew uses, and within the book of Exodus, if you look at the Greek translation, which is uh, something that would have been used during Jesus' day, you find out that Matthew is using some of the same language to describe these events that's happening around the life of Jesus. We see several connections. We see that, that Matthew is wanting us to recognize something is happening during the days of Jesus. And that something that is happening is, is a new type of exodus, a new type of freedom that Jesus Christ is going to give us. That's why after uh, you know this, this statement is already being made in Matthew's gospel, out of Egypt I called my son, there's more parallels that are going to follow. Now let's turn our attention to what I really want us to look at today. And that is the baptism of Jesus. And this baptism is connected to that crossing of the Red Sea. I mean, we, we think back at that miracle. And that would have been amazing to see that miracle. And I know that I keep kind of, you know, saying that. And you've probably heard me say that from the pulpit. And you've probably even heard me say that in some of these videos. But I mean, that would have been just, just such an amazing miracle to see. But you know, another amazing thing that would have happened was whenever Jesus was baptized by John. It would have been amazing to see that moment. And, and this is the account that we have recorded in Matthew's gospel of that event. Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. I want us to look at this passage. I want us to learn a few things here about this baptism of Jesus, and also make some of these connections with this crossing of the Red Sea. I've already shared with you that connection that is made in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Paul knows that these connections were, were not by accident. They're not just some coincidence. Everything that Jesus did, he, he did it with a purpose. And some of that purpose is to show that he was doing something great during his day. And this baptism is one of those occasions. And we see several parallels right here. For starters, we see that what Jesus brings us is so important. See, Jesus knows this baptism needed to take place. And Jesus, you know, of course, we, we see some connections between our own baptism and the baptism that, that we all are called as Christians to, to undergo. It's similar to what Jesus did here. Now, of course, our baptisms are a little bit different. And if you kind of uh, uh, come back here this evening, I'm going to be sharing with you some of those, those differences uh, about our baptism uh, as opposed to even Jesus' own baptism or maybe some of the other baptisms that are being done around us. There's something different about the baptism in the name of Jesus. But now let's look, let's look at that tonight. Right now, let's look at this baptism that Jesus himself undergoes. He comes to John, and he is wanting to be baptized by John. John doesn't get it. That's why we see this, this conversation in verse 14. You know, he, he's like, I'm the one that needs to be baptized by you. What's going on here? But Jesus explains the reason behind his baptism. 
In verse 15, the reason is to fulfill all righteousness. That's why Jesus wanted to be baptized. That's why Jesus needed to be baptized, was to fulfill all righteousness. Now, this is actually one of the same types of things that happens in our own baptism, isn't it? I mean, whenever we are baptized, we're doing it to fulfill all righteousness as well. And that's one of the main things that, that Jesus says right here. In fact, that, that is the main thing that Jesus says is why he wants to be baptized is to fulfill, to fulfill all righteousness. Because Jesus is bringing righteousness. And by the way, it's not by accident that the word righteousness has right within it. That's because righteousness has to do with making things right. And Jesus, what he was doing was he was fulfilling all things right. He was making things right. Well, what was wrong? Look around at the world and you will find plenty of things that are wrong in the world. Plenty of things that have been wrong. You look at the, the history for which Jesus entered into and you will find there were a lot of things that were wrong about the world. Jesus came to make those things right. Did he make all of those things right? Well, to us who are following Jesus Christ, we see how he has been for 2,000 years and he's going to continue to be in the process of making all things right. And we see that at the end of time, all things will be made right. And that comes to do with everything that Jesus has been doing from the beginning of time until the very end of time as we know it. Jesus will, and he's already started this process of fulfilling all righteousness, of making all things right. But that's not the only thing that, that we notice here. We see that that's part of why Jesus uh, was baptized, and that's part of what was going on right here. Another connection that we see, it comes from that voice from heaven. In verse 17, this is my son. This is another connection that, that we can see. Now, there's several people in the scriptures that are described the, the son of God, actually. Uh, some of those that might come to your mind would be David. I mean, he's a very prominent uh, character. But then we also see that Israel, as a whole nation, was described as the son of God. I've already mentioned that passage in, uh, in Exodus chapter 4. That passage talks about how, in fact, the first several chapters of Exodus, um, Jesus, not, not Jesus, sorry, God, uh, refers to Israel as his own son. And this passage right here, this baptism that Jesus was undergoing, that voice said, this is my son. So now we see that there is this connection to the whole nation of Israel. And this is uh, the, the son in the sense of he is the son of God. And he is, he's a human being that, that came among us, that he lived and he was baptized just as we read about here. And this was part of the process about being able to make these things right that were made wrong with humans because there was a lot of things wrong with humanity. From that time that Adam and Eve sinned, there have been things that have been wrong with humanity. But Jesus Christ came as this perfect, this right son of God. And that's another connection. That's another wonderful thing that we need to recognize about Jesus' baptism, that he is the son of God and he is doing these things right here. But now we also find out something else here in verse 17. That voice also says, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. When you look into more details about what took place during the Exodus or even what took place at 
just about any time in history, you find out that humanity is not always pleasing to God. In fact, they oftentimes, we oftentimes, are not pleasing to God. But Jesus, whenever he set foot here on this earth, whenever he was baptized in that water by John, he did it to make these things right. He did it because he is the Son of God, and he did it because he is pleasing to the Father. He is the one human being who has never let down our God. And because of that, we can rejoice. Because of that, we can be pleased. Because we can, we can experience all these great things. You see these connections about Jesus coming and, and some of these parallels that are, that are made to the book of Exodus. And I pointed a few of those out with you. And we see some of that happening with his baptism. But one of the biggest things that we see in connection with, with Jesus' baptism here and the whole nation of Israel you know, at this point, you might be thinking, what, what are some of these connections? Do you know what happens to Jesus right after he's baptized? The next story that Matthew picks up is that time whenever Jesus goes out into the wilderness. Whenever you go back into the book of Exodus, do you know what happens to the nation of Israel after they pass through the water? They spend time in that wilderness. That's where we see some of these similarities. But we're also going to see some of those differences. We're not going to do that today. We're going to save that for next week. We're going to see that the story continues. The parallels continue. That what Jesus did was he provided us with a new type of exodus. It's not one where we leave the land of Egypt and we, we go into the promised land. No, this type of exodus is different. This is the new exodus that Jesus led the way. And the way that he was leading is the way that of his life. And with this, we see this righteousness. We see that he's the son of God. We see that he is well pleased of God. But we also find out that, that with this, we see that we can leave that life, that world of sin, and that we can go into a new world, a, a new way of life on the other side of the water. And Jesus is the one that's leading that way. That way is the one that, that is true life. It is being able to be in the promised land, so to speak. It is able, it makes us able to be able to hold on to those promises that God has given us. That's what it means to follow Jesus Christ. Jesus is leading the way. We need to make sure that we are following him every single step of our own journey in our own life. Let's make sure that we encourage one another and let's make sure that we are always one who are following in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. I love you, Lord, so I want to be baptized and wash my sins away. I love you, Lord, so I want to be baptized and then I can be saved. I love you, Lord, so I want to be baptized with Jesus I'll be raised. I love you, Lord, so I want to be baptized giving God Yes, born again, oh.
the Lord, so my friends, I've been baptized and washed my sins away. I love the Lord, so my friend, I've been baptized. I'm now among the saved. I love the Lord, so my friend, I've been baptized. With Jesus I've been raised. I love the Lord, so my friend, I've been baptized. Giving God, Giving God the praise, and I've been born again. Born of the water and the Spirit, and I've been born again. Washed in the blood of the Lamb, and I've been born again. Walking in a life of forgiveness, and I've been born again. Yes, born again, a child of God I am. I love you, friends, won't you come and be baptized? Yes, born again, obeying Christ the 